0: Hello beauty queen. Today's special episode is brought to you by the man who made me a stepmom. Now a little while back the successful stepmom's tool belt was available to purchase and if you don't know what the tool belt is is essentially it was a big bundle of resources for stepmoms. Things like workshops and ebooks and online courses and meditations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those resources were compiled into one big bundle called the Tool Belt. So the Tool Belt is offered annually and it's put together by Kristen Skiles, who is going to be a guest on the show very soon. And I'm super excited about interviewing her. But for a, as a bonus for anyone who purchased that bundle through me. My husband, Seamus, and I offered a live question and answer call, both to, you know, augment the stepmom resources that were available in the bundle and to give stepmoms an opportunity to ask questions, not just to me, but to my husband. Now, obviously, Seamus is not representative of all of our partners as stepmoms, but I still think it's important Uh, to hear other perspectives than just through my lens as the stepmom. Now, because this Q&A call took place over Zoom so that people could jump on live so that they could submit their questions and we could talk to them. Since it took place over Zoom, the audio quality isn't quite the same as most of my other podcast episodes. So I do apologize for the sound quality, but I would invite you to listen anyway. Just be warned it's not going to be top, top quality. Uh, There are also going to be some parts that are... Kind of cut out. That might feel a little bit choppy, but that was just to kind of make long pauses shorter. Or if I accidentally said a name, uh, that name would have been cut out to protect that person who asked the questions' privacy. So if you notice any like weird choppy bits or kind of like things that sound kind of funky, just know it was it was just uh, on the editing part of it. All of the good content is still there. So, with those couple of little cosmetic details in mind, I'm going to share with you several of the questions that were submitted to my husband. Please enjoy. Where would you take your life if you knew you could not fail? I get it. As a stepmom, mom, and entrepreneur, sometimes it can feel like what everyone else expects of you versus what you dream about for yourself are on opposite ends of the spectrum. As a woman, you're taught from a very young age what society thinks you're worth based on how you look, how you behave, and how much money you are allowed to bring in. But I'm here to show you that you can be the woman who has it all, and not just on the outside. I'm Brittany Lynch, and you are the queen of your castle. Hello, 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 everybody. How are you? Thank you for tuning in today. Today is a wonderful day. Let me tell you why today is a wonderful day. Well, often, often I wonder what goes on inside of our partner's minds. What goes on inside of my husband's mind? And I know that there was a time in the past When what was going on in his mind wouldn't come out of his mouth. There's a lot of guessing. There's a lot of guessing on his part and a lot of guessing on my part. But today is a wonderful day because a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, a few people had an opportunity to submit some questions for none other than Mr. Seamus Lynch, a.k.a. Mr. Step Queen to answer and I'm really excited about my husband being here today and sharing his time with us here today because what I tell what I talk about the information that I give the perspective that I give that's just one perspective that's just my thoughts that's just my the way that I see the world and sometimes sometimes feels nice to hear things from a different perspective. So thank you, Seamus, for volunteering to be here for us today. You're welcome. Everybody, my husband, for the first time, he's a little bit nervous. Not nervous. Got the jitter. The jitters. Break a leg, babe. All right. So we received a couple of questions from a couple of uh, contestants, we'll call them. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask these questions as if I am these people. My husband's going to give us the answers from his perspective, right? So the first question we got asked, that Seamus, my husband got asked, is my husband, pretend this isn't me, this is a listener, this is a listener... Requester contestant. Okay, my husband has a tough time accepting and understanding that my relationship to his kids is difficult simply because they're not my biological children. I know the biological connection creates a bond that makes the parent child relationship more rewarding and enjoyable. While as a stepmom, it just seems like work stress, and constant irritation, with little to no joy in the process. I've brought up these differences before, and the conversation hasn't gone well. He seems to think that marrying him made them my kids too. Yes, we all became a family, but they're not my kids, and they never will be. And I mean that simply as a fact of reality. I'm fine to support him as he parents them, but my role is not the warm, fuzzy, I'm your second mom now role that society impresses upon us. I've learned I need to make sure I take care of myself first so I can show up healthfully in our home with the kids and overall in our marriage. Is there a way I can get him to understand this inconvenient stepmom reality better. So thank you for submitting that question. And Seamus, let's turn it over to you.
1: Okay, that's a, a little bit of a tricky one. I, I think I can understand both perspectives. Um, but there's a little bit of a problem when it comes to trying to get someone to understand your perspective when there isn't a clear line of communication. I believe that when, uh, when two people aren't communicating the way that they can be or that will make the conversation go m- most efficiently, it can lead to a lot of arguments, and I believe you can probably attest to that, Brittany. We, uh, we, we've had our fair share of arguments, um, and usually they didn't end up too well. We, we weren't communicating on the same level. Um, it was either I felt attacked, or I was protecting my children, um, and that in turn translated into Brittany's not being seen, not being heard. Um, so there was always a, a, a disconnect when we would argue, and it was very uh, emotionally charged. So to try to get him to understand is a is a difficult thing when when you don't understand his perspective. If you can get clear on what it is that he wants out of your relationship or what his expectations are um you might be able to relate a little more or provide a little bit more support um, that doesn't mean you have to agree with what he's what he's wanting or saying um, but getting really clear on what that is um for Brittany and i we've uh, we've like i said we spent our share fair, fair share of uh of arguments and it took a lot of therapy to, uh, to get to a point where we could communicate on a level that was providing us with real solutions to our problems. And I'll uh, give you a little secret on uh, our tactic. Um, after therapy, we, uh, our therapist would, would tell us or ask us what our problem is and it would be a hierarching problem. And we'd both have to write down our wants and our needs for whatever that problem was. So the needs would obviously become a priority, and then the wants would be a, a secondary thing. They wouldn't be uh, like they were not important, but they 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 still did exist. So once we uh, we identified our uh, needs and wants, and we had some time to reflect on what those were. We would mutually provide solutions to those problems so that we could come to a place that we're both feeling heard, seen, and uh, it to a point where our salute we're finding solutions to our problems rather than fighting and getting angry and resentment so to to answer your question it's it's you're going to have to find that sweet spot where you can communicate with your husband where it's not a mute uh, emotionally charged or um in a reaction to something you both have to be on a level playing field um whatever that is that it looks like for, for you guys. Um, Brittany and I, it's a Friday night bathtub. It's a pretty uh, vulnerable situation. So uh, we uh, hash out our issues if we have any. And for a long time, we haven't had any problems. We uh, keep that line of communication open, consistent every week. It's a Friday night thing. Um, yeah, and we found our sweet spot that we can communicate. So finding that may take a bit of effort. effort. Um, and it may also take a mediator to help with that because sometimes we can't communicate with each other the way we need to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that, thanks for your answer so far, Seamus. Uh, I think that what I hear Seamus saying is there's no such thing as getting someone else to see your perspective, right? You can't make You can't make your husband see things your way. I've never been able to get Seamus to see things my way. Seamus has never been able to see things my way, right? It's not possible because we're different people. We've had different experiences. We've had different upbringings. We've had different traumas. We've had different heartbreaks. So asking someone to see things through your eyes about especially the people that they love most in the world, i.e. our husband's kids, right? it doesn't it's not going to happen but what I'm hearing Seamus say is that there is that sweet spot that he's talking about is when you can both get to a place where you say this is what I need from you this is what I want and actually be able to communicate in a way that what you need and what you want is isn't made wrong yeah
1: that sounds good um uh yeah, finding that sweet spot took us a little bit of work, but uh, now that we're there, things seem to be a lot easier. That we're, we're, I don't know about you, but when I whenever I have an issue, and i i make I make a note about it on my phone. I think about it. I rationalize to see if it's even really a problem, or if it was emotionally fueled. A lot of the times, when I when I have a problem, initially. I'll write it down or I'll make a note of it, and I will rationalize internally to see if it's actually something externally happening or if it's something that's triggering me inside that I need to deal with. A lot of the time, I'd say 98% of the time, I resolve the issue myself before I even have to talk to you about it. It's something to do with me. It has nothing to even do with you. Mm and i know you've heard me talk about this lots but the the one piece of literature that has been so good for me is the four agreements mm-hmm. with every every problem that i come with come to right now i ask myself if it's one of the four agreements that would be involved and a lot of time it's ego driven for me mm-hmm. 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 Or I'm taking things too personally or, yeah. Absolutely. So I would uh, I recommend that uh, book to anyone.
0: That is if The Four Agreements. The right. by Don Le- What's his name? Don Miguel Ruiz, is that his name? Yes. Yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz, The Four Agreements. Add it to your Audible. Add it to your Audible. That's a, It is a great book. Let me ask you this question because I think that this the, the lovely lady who submitted this question pointed something out that I think a lot of stepmoms and their spouses might not see eye to eye on again, because you can't make somebody see things your way. So this question says, she's brought up the differences but before of just not being her stepkids biological parent but her husband seems to think that marrying him made her stepkids her kids too. Can I get your honest take on that from your perspective? What does that mean to you? If you had, if you had this expectation, did you ever have this expectation of, of me that I was marrying by marrying you, this made your son my son.
1: Um, I don't really believe I put too much thought into it at the beginning, it kind of just uh rolling in from one relationship, uh, the grief from that relationship, going into a new relationship. Um, there were a lot of uh, emotions involved, and I I had a priority that I wanted to to keep my son safe, um, and I didn't clearly define what role I wanted from you, even in my own mind. So, if I could zip back in time, I would have uh, I would have asked myself some pretty pretty thorough questions and got really clear on what it is. To, that I was expecting out of a relationship and what your role would be. And that isn't far enough. Like I could be clear with that inside my my head, but as long if I'm not communicating that with you and communicating with you in a way that you can understand me or hear me, then it won't make a difference. Mm -hmm. So getting really clear with what your expectations are and if they're even if they're even reasonable, are these reasonable expectations? I think now as, as the years get on, move on, uh, I believe my expectations grow smaller and smaller and smaller, but uh, whenever they do come up by, I try my best to be very clear on what those are and create that boundary.
0: I think though, the reason, I think the reason though, on both of our sides, at least for my interpretation, on both of our sides, the expectation we have of each other are almost non-existent. Right. I don't have expectations that I place on you most of the time. I think the way the the place we've gotten to now in our relationship instead is that you and I both know these are my needs and this is how I'm gonna get them met. Right. This is, this is a need that I have and I need to get that met. And I'm going to share that with you and be vulnerable with you in that, instead of creating expectations that you can't meet for that need. Right. Like when you set an expectation, it's because you're trying to get a need met. But when we communicate it in a way of like, I need you to behave this way. I need you not to talk to me like that. I need you to stop doing that. That's not, that's not fair, right? That's a control tactic, a manipulation tactic on your partner instead of this is my need, right? Mm-hmm. This is my need. These are the boundaries of, of that need. Here's some solutions rather than setting each other up to fail. Yeah, for sure. Okay, moving on to the next question. What was an unexpected thing you learned that you had to do or change to support your wife as a stepmom.
1: Um, the unexpected thing that I had to learn, I, I had to do a lot of work internally myself. Um, if I wasn't aware of how to listen to someone or to put myself in a place where I can listen to someone, uh, to hear their needs and wants and all these things, I wasn't there when we started in our relationship, I was not there. I didn't want to hear it. I, I was trying to keep the peace. Um, I created all these expectations of what everyone wanted in my own mind. I wasn't clear on communicating those. And I was just burning myself out, trying to meet these fictitious expectations that I made. And so, yeah, the unexpected thing that I learned was was that I had to do some work internally and learn some really, really good communication tactics.
0: Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. What is the biggest struggle that a husband has being caught in between his ex-wife and current wife or child and current wife? That's a great question.
1: it's, it's it's relatable to the first part of was trying to keep the peace. I was, it was like, I didn't have enough hands or enough reactions to keep up with everything. Um, I wasn't clear on making boundaries either. Mm -hmm. Um, That took a while for me to, to get to a point where I was able to communicate that, but it, 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 it seems like the answers that I'm providing all have this overarching uh, thing about communication. Um, without effective communication on both ends, um, it was extremely hard. Um, not identifying what it is that we wanted and needed, and um, yeah, we were just burning out both of us. But uh, I was trying to keep the peace between everyone.
0: And I think that like, this is a, I mean, there's a whole, there's, we do a whole chapter inside the stepmom story on personal responsibility. And this is exactly that, right? When you, when you'd said that you were trying to keep the peace, you're kind of trying to keep all the plates in the air, essentially, there was no clear delineation of like where everybody else ended and where you began. You just when I look back on that time, you were just like, like flubber, right? Like trying to do everything to keep, trying to do everything to keep your son content, trying to not make waves with your ex wife so that you could have a co-parenting relationship, trying to keep me from having a meltdown. And you just were like in everyone's doing everything for everyone, but there was no you right? It was never, and I remember one time that we had some kind of an argument. We had some kind of a malfunction meltdown and you said something to me. I don't remember the exact words, but I can still remember like how much pain that you had on your face of like, I'm doing everything I fucking possibly can for everybody. But like, what about me? It was like, you had this realization, like, what about me? right? And it was like this heartbreaking moment that's ingrained in my memory. I can't remember the specifics, but I remember for the first time that I was like, holy shit, what about you? Right? I was so consumed in the way that I felt. I was so consumed in my own jealousy. I was so consumed in my own issues with bonding that it was, I I get this expectation that you would keep being flubber Right? And keep putting out all of the fires for everybody.
1: And to my downfall, I was the one that created that expectation of everyone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I did it to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what? Like, at least if I look back, if I can, if I can comment on the biggest struggle that you had of being caught between your ex wife, your son, me being kind of that, being that flubber in the middle. The biggest struggle that I saw was a complete lack of boundaries on everybody's part. Mm -hmm. There was no, there were zero boundaries.
1: I think it should start with, in this case, it may be the husband that would be able to identify with each individual that's involved to write down what those boundaries are, start there, get it out of your head. What, it, what, what are the boundaries and how, and then try to figure out a communication strategy that you can communicate between the parties. So everybody is aware on what that is and also get their boundaries as well to mm-hmm. make sure that you don't cross those.
0: Mm-hmm. Communicating good boundaries requires mm-hmm. a lot of intimacy and vulnerability. Okay?
1: Absolutely. And sometimes, sometimes requires a mediator, like we we have found out.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That's the end of our question round. Okay. Else, is there anything else that you want to say, Seamus? Do you want to tell um, Do you want to tell a joke? Not
1: really. Anyway, hopefully that uh, the the questions that. Probably a lot of people that are in your group have that never made it here um, because they don't feel safe enough to be public about it. Um, hopefully whatever questions those are, that by the time they get through the program, they'll have either answered that internally or the questions aren't even really problems anymore.
0: And... And in the trifecta of that is having developed enough confidence and enough clarity and enough safety in their relationship to be able to ask their partner these questions, Mm -hmm. right? And I, because like I like I said at the beginning, there were a lot, there were a lot of times, there were a lot of hours I spent inside of Google forums, like forums on Google. Trying to figure out what you were thinking, right? We instead did,
1: of just asking me.
0: Instead of just asking you, right? But but it was this really intense game of eggshell walking and landmine dodging of not knowing what was safe to ask
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: knowing how to communicate.
1: We we ask each other potentially unsafe questions in our Friday night alignment meetings. In a different stage or a different light, those questions wouldn't be safe. No. However, we, we we've defined the, the space that we need. We've described the expectations we both have when we're in that space so that we can communicate safely. So save save them up, save them up for Friday night. Mm -hmm. And when you're there, open it up, it's fine. I won't hold it against you, I won't react. I will let you, you can speak and I'll listen. Mm -hmm. And we've created that safe zone, so to speak
0: and sometimes it's really hard to say things in that safe zone and sometimes it's really hard to hear things in that safe zone but arguably we've never been closer
1: right? yeah for
0: sure we've never talked about harder shit we've never mm-hmm. like put our necks out more than we do and as a result we're closer like the harder yeah. the shit we talk about it seems that counterintuitive almost doesn't it like we spend we spent a lot of time at the beginning of the relationship trying to be who we thought the other person wanted us to be trying to say the right thing trying to act the right way mm-hmm. whereas now the ugly sometimes ugly truth comes out and that makes us love each other more
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes me love you more anyway.
1: <laughs> me too <sighs>
0: Well, you know what? I think I'm going to do a podcast episode on our uh, Friday night ritual, our Friday night bath ritual.
1: That's a good idea.
0: We're going to talk about that. So stay tuned, listeners, for an upcoming episode on our Friday night bath ritual, what that looks like, how we started doing that, what we do, what we talk about, the vulnerability, the safety. We'll talk about Friday night bath nights. And uh, thank you to those of you who submitted your questions. Thank you, Seamus, for You're welcome. giving us your perspective.
1: Hopefully and it
0: helped. I'm sure it did. I love talking to you about this. All right, we're signing off now. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. I hope this episode got your wheels turning and showed you just how powerful you are. I would invite you to take 30 seconds and tap subscribe to this podcast. When you subscribe to the podcast, then rest assured, you will never miss an episode. And in no time, spinning your wheels will be a thing of the past. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me. If after you subscribed, you jumped on over and left me a five-star review and better yet, a written review. I am on a mission to let every mom and stepmom know that you can create the life of your dreams. And I need your help to change the world. The world needs us. Thank you so much for subscribing and leaving me a five-star review. I will see you next week, same time, same place. I love you so much. Make it rain, girlfriend.
1: I swear I never remember any jokes when someone asks me.